What's up, you all? William Woods from The Art of Genius. I got someone for you all to check out. A special shout out to my friend Jacqueline Hill and uh, childhood buddy and, and uh, fellow entrepreneur and my first ever business to advertise over The Art of Genius. Now, when you hear the name, be prepared to get hungry. Because when I hear it and every time I say it and stuff, I get hungry myself. And I don't care how much in the fitness and stuff I may be, when it comes down to a good pastry or a good meal and things like that, I do not pass it up. So, got a company for you all to check out. Whip Brands. They're your one-stop vendor for events and event planning. They offer catering for private and corporate events as well as meal planning. The event planning side, or Whip Lux, as you all may hear about it, go check them out. They'll execute your vision to perfection and they always strive to exceed their clients expectations now on a personal note when i see them on instagram yes you can go and find out um more about whip lux or whip ink or whip desserts or whip whatever by going and checking them out on instagram and on facebook when i see the stuff that jacqueline posts and stuff you know of course my mouth starts watering and stuff because like i said they, they execute this stuff to perfection so I wouldn't put my stamp on it as far as trying to help them promote if it wasn't something that I felt like needed to be checked out. And me, personally, I'm looking forward to having a, um, an event, okay, a birthday party or, or whatever, or when I go to the next level in my life, when it's time to celebrate, guess who's going to be doing the catering? Yes, Whipped Ink. So, go ahead and like them on Facebook or on Instagram or whatever. That information to check them out, of course, facebook.com slash whippedlux. W-H-I-P-P-E-D-L-U-X-E, all one word. Of course, Facebook.com slash WhipLux. And follow them on Instagram. Instagram.com slash WhippedInc. Whipped underscore Inc. So, Instagram.com slash W-H-I-P-P-E-D underscore I-N-C. Once again, this is William Woods from The Art of Genius. Special thanks to my friend Jacqueline Hill. Go and support her business. Go and support her... Um, um, everything that she cooks and everything she puts together and by all means support your appetite because the stuff looks good alright you all take it easy have a good one the art of genius 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 the art of genius. The art of genius. The art of the art of the art of genius. What's up, you all? William Woods, art of genius. Listening to the final episode. Final episode of season one. It's been a long road and stuff, and it's been a very fun season one, very informative season one. Um, but now it's time to take a little small break so I can come back bigger and better for season two in the hell a couple weeks <laughs> a couple weeks I can't be away from y'all too long plus I love doing this you know it's, it's true when it's said that um when you love what you do it never feels like work you know so let's end this one off with a home run I mean not saying that we haven't had home runs and stuff already but hopefully out of all of the episodes and stuff that you all have have heard hopefully you can take from this a nice rounded view of genius if you don't take anything else from this first season of the art of genius I want you to have a rounded view of how genius will be looked at and should be looked at from now on now like I said I cannot change the world but I can at least introduce a new perspective a different perspective one that people probably already feel but they just don't have the uh, means to articulate no um, let's just face it man 2020 has been a challenge you know 2020 has been a serious serious challenge you know each year of course uh, yields its um, own challenges and things like that but there's something about 2020 it's like the challenges are on steroids you know but one thing I can say 
is that we're making it. You know, we are making it and we are getting stronger in the process. Now, one thing about 2020 is that this process has brought some losses and some challenges pretty close to home. Um, it's no way around that. You know, we've lost some greats. And uh, we've lost some, some people that weren't in the entertainment space as far as greatness, but they introduced or highlighted a path to greatness that needed to be looked at. If you look at the look at George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, um, man, so many, so many to name. Uh, look at the losses that we've had to police brutality. Um, look at the losses that we've had to uh, COVID-19. If you look at all of the uh, challenges that have come up, you know, we've definitely been through one this year so far. But if you don't know anything else about William Woods in this introductory stage, just know I'm cut from a cloth where we keep fighting. You know, I've told you about the biggest challenges I've had in my life and how I had to keep fighting and how I'm having to keep fighting. You know, I've told you about other challenges I've dealt with in some cases to bring humor to the situation. But one thing, one common denominator remained true throughout whatever challenge that I brought up, no matter how tragic or no matter how impactful or even how trivial in some cases some of the challenges I may have brought up to you all may have been. Either way, the one common denominator is I continue to fight throughout all of them. So that's how I want to end off this season. I want to end off this season with a, you know, we've been challenged, but we keep fighting. You know, one of my other uh, favorite episodes or my recent favorite episodes, I'll say, that I could use as an inspiration for this line and for this segment and stuff is how we, up to this point, in this segment of this episode, we have adjusted, we have adapted, and we will continue to win. You know, so my heart goes out to anyone that we've lost this year. Now, one of the losses that we've had this year is actually part of the, um, part of our, our topic and main subject matter, you know. And another loss, of course, goes back. Now, at this point, it's been a little bit over a year. Now, I want to uh, tell you all a little bit of truth and stuff. Well, I, I try to tell the truth all the time and stuff as far as, you know, in this podcast space. But let me tell you all the truth in this situation. A couple of truths. One, this episode has weighed on my spirit for at least, at least the last four months and the reason why I say is weighed on my spirit for that long is because I try to be really careful about my intentions behind sharing information over this podcast and in this kind of space you know because it's real easy I think in a lot of cases even in, in unintentional but it's really easy to go from having good in, good intentions to what I like to call clout chasing I never want to use any experience, any person's name, any person's reputation, or not even my reputation. I never want to use it in that sense. I want to have integrity with everything that I put across on this on this platform. So I had to be really careful about how I wanted to put this episode out, you know, and how I wanted to talk on this episode because it's a it's the topic is complementary to what the art of genius stands for but it's genius from a different standpoint. You know? So without, without harping on it too much and stuff and leading in too much, making the intro too long, I'll tell you all, today's topic, since 2020 has been so challenging and stuff, let's talk about something that it's a uh, not only a 
showcase of genius, but it's an honorable mention as far as the lives that they led. Now, that's truth number one. That the um, truth number one was that you know we you know this episode has been weighing on my spirit a lot. This I always meant for it to be the season finale, but it was, I wanted to be really careful about it and stuff. So for the last four months, I've been thinking about really how how and when I wanted to do it because I don't want to ever come off as using someone else's image or life or reputation for the sake of clout chasing. You know, that's truth number one. Truth number two. If I had to talk about common denominators with my relationships, I won't say relationships. But I don't mean relationships like I knew them personally, but relationships to when I started following their career and stuff like that. One thing that both of these, both of my subjects for today have in common is that I was a late bloomer as far as recognizing their genius. Now, I don't mean recognizing their genius like I'm doing today. I'm saying it took a couple years before I um, um, started to do the research and embrace these people as genius, as geniuses, and not because I had any hatred or anything, anything like that for them. It's just you know, I don't know about anyone else that's listening to this, but most of my, I know most of my um, listening audience, based on the numbers that I've been seeing, most of my listening audience is like from the Midwest, you know. And for anyone that's listening to this that may be um, on the West Coast or on the East Coast or down South or even on another continent, because I do have a couple of listeners and stuff that's in Europe, and I appreciate that. But if you're listening to this from whatever location you've been at, one of the reasons why I was a late bloomer for both of my subjects today is because in the Midwest, it's harder to hear about well, in both of their in both of their um, introductions and stuff, it's more difficult to hear about the greatness or the genius of these people when they're on another coast of the nation, you know. And it's just funny that both of them are on the west coast, you know. But today we're going to reflect, we're going to celebrate, we're going to. Um, give flowers we're going to recognize the genius of two iconic people one that we lost this year and another that we lost almost a year to when I initially wanted to do this episode today's topic is genius lost genius lost you know? Um, two people that I recognize as geniuses and stuff and they were on my list of greats and list of icons for what they did not only what they did but for what they um, what they brought to their respective crafts and, and to culture period let's talk about the lives of two geniuses lost the lives of Kobe Bryant and Nipsey Hussle First of all, rest in peace to both of those legends, both of those geniuses and stuff. But I just wanted to uh, give a little bit of, of, um, of uh, uh, or not a little bit, but a nice amount of recognition to their legacies because, it's no, let's make no mistake about it, both of these cats were geniuses. You know? And if I start with one and stuff, please don't think that it's out of favoritism because I respect both of them equally. I had the both, I, I both, I mean, I had the um, the the same approach with following both of their careers, and even recognizing their uh, their geniuses long before they were taken from us and stuff. But today's topic: genius lost. A reflection, a recognition of the geniuses that are Kobe Bryant. And Nipsey Hussle. I think I'll start with I'll start with Kobe. And of course I'm gonna bounce back and forth and stuff like that. Start with Kobe. The year that Kobe came into the league and stuff, like I said, now keep in mind my location. You know. Well uh, with my location and stuff, I'm in, you know, I'm from um 
the south suburbs of Chicago, you know, country club hills to be exact and stuff. So everything, by the time Kobe went, when Kobe went pro and stuff, when Kobe came out, what, 96? Whatever it was. Yeah, when Kobe came out in 96, you know, everything with us was Chicago Bulls, you know. I think watching the, the series The Last Dance just reminded me of how the Bulls for native Chicagoans and South Sub and suburbanites um, respectively, you know, around that area. We all, if you ask us, we all consider Chicagoans and stuff anyway, but, you know, that's a location thing. Everything that was going on, we was all focused on whether or not the Bulls were going to get this, uh, was going to start their uh, championship run all over again, so on and so forth. But either way, when Kobe went pro, his, um, we heard about it. I don't, I can't speak for everyone, but I can say I heard about him. I um, was, I wanted to see how far he'd go and stuff. But uh, he's, he, uh, reason I wanted to start with Kobe, of course, obviously, because I heard of, him, I heard of him um, earlier. But one thing about Kobe Bryant and whatever hot thing was supposed to come out at that time I'm one of those and this is because of my being an artist and me being a go left when everyone else goes right kind of person instead of falling into the hype I let it simmer I did the same thing with LeBron James I let it simmer you know I'm doing the same thing with Zion Williamson with um, with um, 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 Lonzo Ball Anyone that comes out with a lot of hype around them and stuff, instead of hopping on the, the, the bandwagon, I let it simmer. I'm like, let's see what this person becomes before I give them my full attention. So I'm just being honest. That's that's it's not like I said, it was no hatred, no hatred for Kobe. I always respected his talent and things like that. But one thing about me, when by by the time I finally when I looked at Kobe and I said I respect what he does on the court. He was our it, Shaq had already left. Kobe was he was already on my list of good, of good players, but he didn't become a great a great player until he was able to do it all and lead and grow and mature without Shaquille O'Neal, Rick Fox, Derek Fisher, the supporting cast, or the in many cases the cast that he was supposed to support around him. You know, so there's no slight to him. It's just just calling it, just calling it what it is. I'm a late bloomer when it comes to situations where Holly Weird or or modern media <laughs> when they when they hype things up. I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna just hop right on the gravy train. I want to see what this I want to see what this kid becomes. And then each year he was in the league and you started to see him blossom and things like that. And he became a force. And he went at went at my greats. My list of greats like like Jordan and all of them, and went back and forth with with, uh, with Allen Iverson and all of them. He earned he earned my respect, but to have my undivided attention, it wasn't until Shaquille O'Neal, it wasn't until that first winning team got broken up, and Kobe had to, Kobe had to help rebuild, or he had to be the center of the rebuild around the L.A. Lakers. That's when he started getting my respect. And then if I had to pinpoint the exact moment where I put Kobe on my Mount Rushmore or my list of greatest basketball players in, um, that I've seen and stuff or best basketball players that I've seen, when I saw his documentary, Kobe Bryant Muse, M Muse, M-U-S-E for those who may want to Google it, Kobe Bryant's Muse. When I saw that documentary, I got to see a different side of Kobe Bryant and not the, the um, even the hyped up teenager that came directly out of high school or the, um, the person that they tried to paint him to be, which I never fell into it anyway, but the person they tried to paint him to be throughout his trial and so on and so forth or the, um, the, um, the, the, the selfish teammate that some people tried to paint him as because he had a, a heightened sense of 
of winning and things like that like all of my other icons that I respected and stuff I got to see a different side of Kobe Bryant when I saw that documentary and that's when that was the that was the moment where he earned my undivided respect now of course this documentary you know, I'm talking about came out at least at least five years before he passed so so he had already gotten my respect but I'm talking about my undivided attention and respect as a leader as a uh, as a great and and um, being and, and living up to the hype and stuff when I saw that documentary not only I had already respected the fact that he was able to win two more um, titles without Shaquille O'Neal and all of them but when I saw him I got to see Kobe Bryant the man and that showed me something the reason I say that showed me something was because one thing about me I already told you all I don't follow hype and stuff it kind of irritates me to tell you the truth I don't follow hype I don't follow stuff that people put that's just supposed to be newsworthy supposed to be clickbait supposed to make you uh, supposed to subliminally make you follow what they want you to do and things like that and not that Kobe Bryant is some conspiracy theory or something like that no it's not even that it's not that's not even the context I want to describe this as I'm just one of those people that I just don't feel comfortable following something that I don't know about so when I know about something and when I see its vulnerabilities and I see its growth and I see its maturity I'm an artist that makes me embrace them even more so Kobe really started getting my attention when I saw how he held up throughout his trial and I'm not gonna go I'm not gonna go on in detail as far as the trial because that's not the kind of podcast this is and that's also not the way that I want to convey this information but just know anybody who knows Kobe Bryant you know about the trial that I'm talking about he got my respect then because I felt like he was being he was being humble he didn't come off as arrogant but I felt like he was being humble and I have a theory when it comes to um, when it comes to black athletes and black entertainers and things like that that Kobe Bryant kind of helped me watching Kobe Bryant's um, um, uh, career and others like him it reminded me of and it, and it kind of if if, even though he and Colin Kaepernick's uh, lives and situations are totally different I think it's the same thing that applies there's one thing about becoming so famous and so celebrated to where Holly Weird or <laughs> um, or culture or society tries to paint you as perfect or the it guy it's another thing for that athlete or that entertainer when they reach the mountaintop like Kobe Bryant did around the time of the trial they reach the mountaintop especially if they do it while they're young and they get on the mountaintop and they look around and they say this doesn't feel right I don't know I didn't know Kobe personally I don't know Colin Kaepernick personally I don't know um, Cam Newton personally I don't know Bow Wow personally but these are people I don't know Kanye I, I knew well, I don't know Kanye West personally, so on and so forth. I may have met him back when he was in high school, but I don't know him personally to the point where I can speak for any of these people that I'm talking about. But I do believe that when it comes to the black athlete and the black entertainer, they try and people try so hard to get to that mountaintop. And when they get to that mountaintop, they realize it's not what they thought it was. And then some rebel. One thing I respected about Kobe Bryant, the only thing he rebelled against was Adidas. And it's hard for me to say because I love Adidas as far as the shoe and things like that. I love the way Adidas. But one thing I realized, well, only thing Kobe Bryant rebelled against was Adidas. Because he felt like he was abandoned and stuff. And, they, and everybody, a lot, bunch of people dropped him and stuff once the trial happened. But I love how he was mature when he did that. You know, when he's going through the trial, got to the mountaintop, saw that it wasn't what he figured it like hey I was just Kobe Bryant the, Kobe, the the golden boy when I was winning the titles and all this other stuff then this person comes up with accusations about me and then all of a sudden now I'm public enemy number one. Oh, this ain't this ain't what I thought it was and if anybody that followed that's followed Kobe Bryant's career you know that his whole 
approach to public kind of changed then. Not to the point where he became like the typical person on the I've reached the mountaintop and it's not what I thought it was list. Um, or the child star list where they get to that mountaintop and then they start rebelling, they start doing drugs, doing all this other stuff. No, Kobe Bryant, he actually embraced it. He liked the idea. He evolved to a point where he liked the idea of being hated because it fueled his competitive drive. You know what that reminded me of? Reminded me of Michael Jordan. You know. Reminded me of Muhammad Ali. Um, um, man, I, I, I can I think of so many people. It, it reminds me nowadays of LeBron James. Where they're so used to being hated to the point where it fuels their, uh, their competitive drive. I love people like that because it show, it's, it's a reminder to me that we can take um, any kind of negativity that's given by people that don't understand and you can turn it into something that fuels you you know so that was the moment when Kobe got my attention during the trial I saw how he was handling himself and you can tell he he was finding out the truth about what stardom does to black athletes and he adjusted accordingly but what made me say I understand this dude was when I watched Kobe Bryant's news and mind you he had been in the league for years and earned his respect and did all this other stuff but what made me say I respect this dude I respect what he's saying I, I, I respect I damn near relate to him and stuff was during um, it was one point during Kobe Bryant's news the documentary it started off on Showtime you probably find it on um, on Netflix or on Amazon Prime whatever it is but one thing I noticed when he said it was during that point, that moment, all of the stress and anxiety was on him, and he had to find a way to deal with it. So what did he do? He took his craft, and of course I may be adding to it a little bit, but go back and watch it so you can see I'm not, I'm not embellishing. I'm saying, I'm just saying what he said, but my way. Everything was going, everything was coming at him at once. All of the dealing with the trial, dealing with the hatred, dealing with the the um, um, fans and people turning on them, not all of them, but the ones that turned on them to the point where they was really becoming a distraction to him. All these things were coming at him at once and the stress and stuff that was going on with uh, with his family and, and his actions and stuff with that. So he created the Black Mamba as an alter ego. A person that shows up at the office or in his case shows up on the court and that was an opportunity for him to take all of his anger and frustration and put it behind what he loved to do as motivation that was the single most moment when Kobe Bryant got my undivided attention and respect because any creative knows exactly how that feels and that was the one moment when I started looking at Kobe Bryant on my most on my Mount Rushmore and on my um, list of, 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 of geniuses in our society Kobe Bryant became a genius at that moment when I saw Kobe Bryant's muse and I heard that one line from there when he said all this stuff was coming at him at once and he had to find ways to manage it so he he created the Black Mamba. He said, Kobe Bryant is who he is off the court. The Black Mamba steps on the court, gets the job done and stuff. He puts all of his anger and stuff, all of his frustration, all of his stress, all of that into what the Black Mamba does. And that's why you saw him literally kill when he was on the basketball court post the trial. And that's when he got my respect. That's when I saw him as a genius. Because the reason why that's a genius, you've heard me many times on this on this podcast talk about a genius of mastering oneself. Kobe Bryant, I started to look at him as a master of himself. And I think that was 2000, it may have been 2010, 2011 when that documentary came out, either or. But that means for the last almost decade, Kobe Bryant has been a genius to me. You know, and that's why he deserves to be looked at as such throughout this um this podcast episode now us losing kobe bryant is barely matter of fact it just hit the six month mark you know a few days ago 
I didn't want to do this episode back in March because like I said I try to be careful of how I present things because I don't want to come off like I'm clout chasing you know so that's the reason why I said it's been weighing on my spirit heavy for the last you know um, the last four last three months four months however long it's been and things like that then let's put Gigi in there also let's put his daughter Gigi in there let's make no mistake about it his daughter Gigi was following in her dad's genius now this doesn't take anything away from any of the other people that was lost in that helicopter crash our hearts go out to them still to this day even though popular media doesn't talk about it as much we continue to and anybody that's really connected to um, or empathetic you still think about it to this day it's just like um you, you still think about other people close to you that it may have happened to or if it's happened to you period you know your um our hearts go out to it but one thing that I want to say about of course Gigi she was following in her dad's greatness and I still love to hear to this day how when he was on Jimmy Kimmel or or, uh, or, or the Tonight Show or whatever it is and he's talking about how um, Kobe Bryant was talking about how his, uh, people, his fans would come up to him and say man you gotta have a son so she can, so, so he can carry on the legacy and this is that another and then Gigi would step up and say oh you don't have to worry about that I got this that's a genius of confidence then if you saw her abilities on the court and things like that she was only 13 she had a sound understanding of the game that took humility to learn from her father she didn't look it up she it didn't seem like she looked at her father like your dad you're ruining my life you know all that nonsense and stuff like that it seemed like they found a common ground of something that they both loved doing and Kobe Bryant as a grown mature man started mentoring and teaching his daughter and their team um, as, as the coach and so on and so forth and we saw that before both of them were tragically taken away from us so no matter how you look at the situation and stuff it's still a reflection of genius that is connected to Kobe Bryant that's why Kobe Bryant is one of the two people that we're going to talk about for this episode now like I said I was a late bloomer I was a late bloomer yeah even when even when um, Kobe scored 81 points I was like that's cool. Maybe because I it, it was it was cool as a scoring um, accomplishment, but I saw Mike score sixty three. So when I looked at that, I was like, "Oh, okay, cool. That's that's cool." But then I looked at it, I was like, "He didn't really have anybody else on the team to help him out at that moment." But like I said, I was late. I was a late bloomer to seeing the genius behind that. You have to be really locked in on your craft to hit 81 points in a game you have to be unaware who's guarding you you have to be unaware of the shots that you miss you have to un be unaware of the scrutiny that you're going to catch or be able to block all of it out to be able to focus on a task like that and these were things that after I saw Kobe Bryant's news I said this man is a genius you know he belongs amongst the greats you know so Kobe, salute you. Still. Like I said, even calculating, I didn't want to do this back in March because it's still fresh and it's still kind of hard to think about nowadays. When I look at even when I'm on the basketball court and I see somebody has on some um has on Kobe Bryant's shoes and stuff like that. I'm like, man, I can't believe this dude is gone, man. I was looking forward to hearing this um his Hall of Fame speech. Cause he's definitely first ballot Hall Hall of Fame. We got to hear Jordan's speech. Um, um and I definitely wanted to hear um, his protege, you know, even though they avoided it for so long and stuff like that. But it's true. I wanted to hear his, prote his protege's Hall of Fame speech. So salute to Kobe Bryant. That's not the only time we're going to talk about him. That's one of the things. It's a few of the things I just wanted to put out there. Now, another West Coast genius. You know, sometimes, sometimes legend just doesn't, just don't say it. You know, just doesn't say it. Another West Coast genius. I'll take you all all the way back to another moment. I remember back in 2009. 
maybe two, no, late 2008. Late 2008, I remember I had earlier that year I had just got my um, I had just got my truck and I had Sirius XM with it, and I was listening to it. May have been Shade 45. It may have been Shade 45 or the Foxhole, or whatever it was. Um, I remember listening to that station, and this song came on that flipped the Jackson 5 sample but then also had um, Ohio players Funky Worm intertwined in there and this song's called Hustle in the House now mind you it's 2020 right now we lost Nipsey Hustle in 2019 I'm taking you back to 2008 keep in mind what I said about hopping on the bandwagon and and, and things like that you have to you have to kind of earn that for me but one thing that snatched it that kind of snatched my attention when I heard when I first heard Nipsey Hustle was that song that I was talking about hustling the house that song was an automatic banger for me and while I was sitting there enjoying listening to my um my new truck the Sirius XM and my new truck and things like that I was um Listen, I was like, man, who is this? And then it came on after the fact. Said, that's a, that's a cat, man. Some of y'all may know him, some of y'all may not, but his name is Nipsey Hustle. And I said, man, that's a catchy ass name, man. Nipsey Hustle, Nipsey Hustle, because I grew up in the, I grew up loosely knowing who Nipsey Russell was. You know. And I was like, man, that's kind of slick. So he named himself. He kind of gave himself a, a hustler's version of a black icon, a black comedy icon's name and stuff like that. But you can tell it's serious because he called himself Nipsey Hussle. Just off of that, when a person's name does that for me, I'm a, I'm a marketing and design person. So I'm automatically looking at how do you grab the audience's attention. He grabbed my attention. He was always on my radar ever since then. So keep in mind also what we said when we first started this episode. Um, I'm in the Midwest. So the most that I had ever got to hear as a hip-hop head of, at that age and even to now is of, of Nipsey Hussle was hearing, on, hearing what came on that day on Shade 45. It wasn't until years later and stuff where the name had already stuck with me and the song had already stuck with me and stuff like this is when I was still listening to the song and stuff repeatedly but I didn't know Back then, you know, we're talking like 2009, 2010, no, 2008, 2009, uh, 2010, so on and so forth. Downloading music was still like a covert kind of thing. If a person sold their music through their own website and stuff, you had to seriously be following that person before you had to know that they had an album out that had that song on it. It had a ton of mixtapes, a ton of other material, and to the point where, um, where uh, you follow them the same way you follow the artist that was on major label back in 2008 2009 that was like almost unheard of you know but one thing about nipsey when i first heard that song and i heard his name that stood out to me you know a couple years go by around 2012 2012 2013 i hear that name again i think it may have been on um it may have been on Ebro in the morning or, or Breakfast Club or whatever it was. I may have been watching or listening to on, on, on YouTube. Well, no, no, no. It was on Sway. It was Sway in the morning. It's funny. That's um, it's funny that I'm talking about a West Coast icon on another West Coast icon's broadcast. You know, so it was Sway in the morning. I heard that Nipsey Hussle is smart enough to, to through his website. If you buy his album for $100, you not only get the album, but you get merch and you get tickets to the next concert that's in your area. By that moment, by that point, Nipsey Hussle had my respect before I even heard one of, any one of his albums. All I knew about was Hustle in the House and how catchy his name was. But by the time 2012, 2013 came around and I heard that they were just talking about it just like it's part of a, a, a new short Whatever it is said, Nipsey Hussle makes the unprecedented move of selling his album plus merch plus tickets to his show for a hundred dollars. And you can download it right there or whatever it is. Whatever I, I just thought and you can think about what I'm about to say and what I'm about how I'm gonna finish the statement. First thing I thought was this is genius. 
This is marketing and branding genius. I had never heard of an artist say, if you buy my album, don't just look at the price. Look at all that you get. If you buy my album, if you support my album, I'm not only gonna give you the album, I'm gonna give you, um, give you shirts and I'm gonna give you tickets, two tickets to my next show that's in your town. That was genius. That was absolutely genius. That was the moment that before I even heard of who Nipsey Hustle heard a Nipsey Hustle album. His name had already stuck had already stuck out to me from 2008. But that was the moment where in my eyes he was a genius long before I even heard. I already knew he could rap cuz when I heard um Hustle in the House, I already knew it. I had, I I hadn't heard because you no, know, you know it's harder to hear uh, West Coast stuff up here in Chicago or around Chicago. So I hadn't heard much from him. I hadn't heard anything from him besides hustling the house on on, on on Sirius XM. But then when I heard that, I was like, okay, I got to look up for this dude. Then, of course, because how difficult it is to hear music and all that stuff like that, you know. One good thing about that, being in a location where you don't get to hear about the music so much, not only do you get to see who the artist really is, but you get to see what they stand for. So because I didn't get a chance, I didn't have the luxury of downloading all of, or knowing when Nipsey Hussle had albums out, or knowing when he had uh, mixtapes and stuff circulating, we would hear his sound bites. You know, I know I, 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 or I can imagine that Chicagoans and other people that's in the Midwest and stuff that's not from California, not from LA and stuff, I would hope that you all can relate by saying that the most that we heard about Nipsey Hussle up here, unless he was one of the young people that was familiar with how to download his um how to download his content and his music and stuff like that. The most somebody in my age range, the most we did was if we ain't hear it on Sirius XM, you started hearing his sound bites from his interviews. And started talking about how he was um he was how conscious he was, and I hate to say the word conscious, how how self-aware he was, let's call it that. Ex-gang member, so on and so forth, not judging him, just calling it what it is. But he was like really self-aware and, and, and intelligent. Not just smart, but intelligent. And, but it didn't deviate from what you heard in the music. See, it's, it's one thing to be, a, to be a rapper that's intelligent, but then you downplay it in your music. And it's another thing to be able to create the music that's going to grab your audience, that's going to grab the attention of other listeners, that's going to make people know that it's good music, it's good production behind it, but to have intent behind the lyrics to show just how intelligent you are when you speak right there at that moment. It's no dumbing down, it's no playing up or nothing like that. It's just pure unadulterated you and even your sound bites. Your sound bites from your interviews sound just like what you say in your music that's genius that's genius that was the most that I had got from Nipsey Hussle before he even blew up to the star status that he was before he was taken from us you know and I love I love listening to artists like that that's why I can that's why I could say that how I've evolved in my listenership of um of hip-hop and stuff me back when I was in my 20s I was like backpack rap most of the time even a little bit through my 30s but then as you get older and you start seeing that okay a person could represent themselves one way on the song and then contradict that completely off the microphone and they don't necessarily have to be studio gangster to do it that made me just say forget it I listen to a little bit of everything as long as you can as long as you can um you can you can stimulate my intelligence but keep me nodding to a good beat and have good quality in your music and be able to hold my attention for an album and have some stand power in it and not the little microwave stuff that we've been hearing um, throughout the early 2000s and the late uh, yeah, the early 2000s and the early 2010s and stuff where everything became a gimmick or a dance and all of that you got it so I was intrigued with hearing Nipsey Hussle without even having to hear an album because this dude had good music 
had a, a damn good single that had grabbed my attention and stuff to the point where I wanted to hear more, but I didn't know where to look for it. And then he started seeing his interviews. He would break down healthy living and break down knowing who you are and break down evolving and, redempt and redemption and his interactions with Dr. Sebi and, 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 and stuff like that. This is stuff that you didn't hear come from the average artist. Let's call it what it is, man. It's something about hip-hop that most of the people that get in hip-hop as newcomers, they don't get in it so they can talk about Dr. Sebi. They don't get in it so they can talk about how they want to go back and buy their old neighborhood and stuff and make something for kids to go to and be inspired by so they don't take the same, pre, the, the same route pre-rap that he took. You don't hear people say stuff like that, but to hear Nipsey Hussle say it, it made me respect his genius even more. You know, so by the time I finally got to buy a Nipsey Hussle album, it was Victory Lap. And truth be told, when I heard it, I knew it was good, but I didn't appreciate it until a few months after it came out and then on that fateful day in March of 2019 when I heard that he um, heard that he had been gunned down and stuff I felt like I felt the same I felt like when I heard um, 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 like when I heard Kobe Bryant passed when I heard Prince passed when I heard um, um, Michael Jackson passed to a certain degree and stuff like that I felt like man we just lost a good one you know, and not just because of his music. We lost uh, someone who was contributing to what society was supposed to be and teaching the lessons that we were supposed to hear, not just a great musician. You know, so that's why Nipsey Hussle, of course, was in my um, is on my list of people to talk about as far as genius lost. Now, Kobe Bryant. And Nipsey Hussle. You know? And like I said, by me speaking about Kobe Bryant, that does not slight anyone else who was on that um on that hel on that helicopter. Our heart goes out to them all. And to Vanessa Bryant and the surviving children and things like that. His surviving daughters. You know. But it's just when I have to talk about the root of that genius. You know, Kobe Bryant, of course, and he talked about it even on, on the Kobe Bryant Muse documentary. He was the, he's the root of his family. So we have to talk about genius, and even the genius of Gigi, we have to go back to the root, I think, in that sense. Now, it doesn't minimize who Gigi was going to become and who she already has become and how she's revered, but she learned that from her dad. She learned, she adopted her genius from her dad's genius. Nipsey Hussle. It's funny, they both come from L.A. That's just amazing to me. Both of these icons come from L.A. And they both, I think the reason why I chose them as far as Genius Lost besides what they did in their respective crafts and how they represented themselves and how they, how they inspire us still to this day and stuff. But it's just the fact that they were both situations where I said before I, um, before I hop on the bandwagon and just like them because everybody else like them, let's see what they become. You know, and I still do that. I still do that to this day. It's not like um, it's not like that was a disbelief or anything like that. I just don't like, as you know, you all know me. I don't like following trends. You know, I like stuff with staying power. You know, I respect people with staying power. I just said to this, I I, I, I said in one of my very first hip hop related um episodes that Chuck D is somebody on my list of people that was a huge influence and stuff and I would just love to just sit down and just pick his brain and stuff because Chuck D intelligent contributed to hip hop has a hell of a stand power and not to mention he's a fellow creative and stuff for those who really know um, Chuck D's story and stuff but let's not get off of, off of um, the topic of genius lost you know so for those um, those two individuals, 
those two gentlemen, those two uh, icons, those two people who are at, in, at, at definitely in um, definitely at revered status in my mind and on my list of inspirations, my list of lifelong inspirations. Kobe Bryant, Nipsey Hussle, rest in peace. Our hearts go out to you and your family still to this day. And I guess it's good the fact that instead of doing this in March, would have been which would have been the anniversary of Nipsey Hussle's passing, and then only two months after Kobe Bryant had passed, it's good that we wait. It's good it's good that I decided to wait, I guess, even though it was unconscious that I decided to wait. I just wanted to have it where the time was right. But I guess it was good because a reminder that when people contribute positively to your life you don't just celebrate them for a season you continue to do it alright so with that being said thank you all for a wonderful season one I am going to be putting up bonus content and things like that but just to let you all know this has been a hell of a ride but just know that season two is going to be off the chain I, got, I have big plans for it um, you probably won't see anything, um, any new episodes, of course, leading into season two for a couple weeks or whatever it is. But enjoy the bonus content that I'm going to put up. And then Imperial has already let me know that he has like some, some fire for that Imperial's beat break. Alright? So, with that being said, thank you all again for listeners. Help me spread the word, please. Once again, this is the Art of Genius. We are on... Um, we're, we're expanding our, our, our podcast and streaming platforms and stuff like that. We're, we're on um, Anchor, Radio Public, uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, I got to have everything in front of me. Just know we're expanding. We're getting there. The next next spot may end up on Google Podcasts, but we definitely expanding. All right, so please help me spread the word. Subscribe. Drop your uh, Drop a comment. Um, if you want to keep it private or whatever and you want to just uh, send something directly to my email, of course, you can go to www.designbywwoods.com and you can, hit my, um, you can hit my personal email from there. But either way, stay in touch. Keep going. Um, keep going with everything that's going on in your life. But check back here. Keep, let's, let's, you feel free to keep using the Art of Genius as inspiration because that's what we're here for. All right. So look up for that bonus content. Thank you all. Thank you for uh, a wonderful season one. But it's some, some, uh, some, 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 some good stuff on the way. All right? So thank you all. Have a good one. The art of kids. 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 The Art of Genius is a Woods Media Group production. Musical supervision is by Imperial for Underground Railroad Entertainment. Be sure to check us out on YouTube and on popular social media. And that web address, in case you was wondering, is www.designbywwoods.com. Once again, www.designbywwoods.com. S-I-G-N-B-Y-W-W-O-O-D-S dot com.